Good afternoon, uh, everybody. Thank you very much for coming along. Uh, and thank you to my colleagues for some really insightful presentations so far. I want to pick up a number of strands that they've raised and, and try and put REMA in the context of current energy policy as it evolves today. Talk uh, as well uh, a bit about some of the interventions on the consumer side, which are clearly extremely important for homes and, and as of today, businesses. But there, there are a number of things that have been said that, that I think are worth worth dwelling on. The first one that Sarah uh, mentioned was that actually this is a long-term thing and not a short-term thing. And, and this crisis of affordability isn't going to go away. In fact, if you, if you look at the number uh, that's been uh, ascribed, the numbers that have been ascribed to the wholesale gas and power costs in the guaranteed domestic and business prices that are seeming to be emerging, they actually sit, uh, a number of our forecast prices actually sit above them, certainly in the short term. So, so if we're right, the, the affordability is going to be a big uh, issue, um, not just this winter and next winter, but, but for, for periods after that. And therefore, the pressure to look at how power is priced is at a wholesale level is, is not going to go away. We, we, we hear politicians talk of decoupling gas and power prices, presumably on the basis that gas prices will be high for a while, but then power prices might fall, not on the basis that, that we might get power prices to go up even more. And, and we also begin to hear on the consumer side, particularly channeled through the likes of Martin Lewis and the money saving expert, this idea that the green tariff should, electricity tariff should not be priced according to fossil fuels. And that's got a lot of traction uh, in consumer markets and actually uh, is, uh, is, is one of the biggest uh, energy issues coming through uh, in, in, into, into MPs' mailbags, at least according to one I spoke to a week or so ago. So this, uh, the, these big drivers are, are here for a, for a while. Um, we've got um, the, the uh, quotes here from the statement from the, the new Prime Minister a couple of weeks ago uh, about what we were going to do alongside launching the energy price guarantee, which is the uh, effectively the surrogate for, for a price cap uh, that's going to apply through until the, the well, certainly the next general election in 2024. Uh, and we also see some of the things there that uh, the Prime Minister said in a statement were going to be important, continuing to progress uh, nuclear, but that second one, uh, re fundamental reforms to the structure and regulation of the energy market through recommendations from a review of a new review of the UK energy regulation. So another another review of the regulatory structure. Uh, I think Kate flagged up that when we do these things, they they tend to to, to take quite some time. And then th there's another one which actually has been said will be done with some urgency. We will launch a review, another review as to whether we're meeting our net zero target in an economically efficient way. So we tend to look at REMA maybe as a kind of technocratic exercise in choosing the right pricing model, actually within the, the broader policy framework, even as it keeps changing. Uh, REMA uh, looks like it's got a, well, it's, it's, it's fronting an important choice, put it that way, whether it, it continues in that role, we will, we will see. I just want to 
touch now on the um, uh, on the support for homes and actually we wrote this slide yesterday so we put the sum in brackets but it seems to be all businesses charities and public sector organizations uh, but the support uh, for homes and businesses is effectively the government paying the costs of policy and uh, reducing the wholesale costs of energy such that for the typical domestic user, the bill will be two and a half thousand pounds uh, a year before the 400 pounds, see I'm, I've got a script here, before the 400 pound rebate that was tabled by uh, ex-Chancellor Sunak in May. So a bill of 2,100 for the winter coming, uh, if nothing else is being done, two and a half thousand for uh, the winter of 23-24. And also it looks very much like the wholesale costs implicit in the, um, in the energy price guarantee for households have been rolled out, or will be rolled out rather for uh, business consumers for at least the six months from the 1st of October, 2022. Uh, we've been trying to work out exactly how that might work uh, since the statement was put out uh, earlier today. Um, so there is support in there for the consumer side. The affordability crisis goes without saying, uh, is, is, is across the economy and very, very substantial uh, and, uh, and, and in our opinion, not going away anytime soon. So if we're kind of looking at where this is coming from, Politically, how can we ameliorate it? Well, we can do things, we can reform the market. We can encourage uh, those that we think are doing rather well to perhaps trade some of the benefits that they've got from doing rather well uh, for maybe a bit of se longer term security. Uh, there's been a lot of discussion about the POT Zero a proposal originally put forward by the uh, UKIRC, uh, UK Energy Research Centre. It's essentially uh, asking um, non-fossil generators to trade a lower CFD-based price now for a longer-term longer commitment to take volume into the future. Uh, the, the, these are, you can actually, um, when they did their sums, if, if everything was in on, on their assumptions based on prices in April, they calculated that, that with nuclear and pretty much all non-CFD renewables, you could save £316 a household, looking at their notional numbers and wholesale prices back in April. Um, potentially the market's gone up a lot more since then, so notionally it could, could, be, could be a bit more. It's been interesting to follow the debate in the press uh, and, uh, and in dialogue with, with people, some of them in this room, about whether or not that's a good thing for renewables generators uh, to want to do. Uh, but I think you know, what, what we would kind of wish to highlight is that that proposal is out there. There is actually a lot of generation that will be rolling off the renewables uh, obligation um, scheme uh, as we go through to the middle of the decade. And this is now actually well within the planning horizons for, for these generators. Certainly you can see, and these are numbers from our benchmark power curve, thank you Tom, which show 
we've rolled off sort of the different forms of capacity. So we've got offshore wind, onshore wind, solar are the, are the, are the, are the three big ones. So you can see that uh, capacity, certainly for the wind generation, rolling off as we get towards 2030. So you'd look at that and think, well, actually, maybe there's something that could be done there, but actually, would it make that much difference to an affordability crisis in the very short term? You know, these, these guys are, have, have, have market plus rocks for a few years yet. So that's one idea for something that, that might be done. Um, and it's, uh, uh, you know, we, we see stories of a, of a negotiation task force that we'll be engaging with, with generators on that. So no doubt watch this space. But there are also other ideas that have, have currency here. Uh, if we are of a mindset that we might want to do something else uh, to, uh, to, to, to lower the price to, to, to the uh, consumer, we've highlighted some from the European Commission's objectives from its statement 10 days or so ago. Uh, the gas storage and gas demand reduction one was one that's been around, put out earlier earlier in the uh, in, in the year, and uh, certainly in terms of gas storage, by and large, looks like being met. Talking uh, here as well about demand reduction, uh, so exceptional electricity demand reduction measures, five percent off during peak hours. Identified the the ten percent likely highest price periods and reduced demand during those periods, an overall demand reduction of at least 10% uh, by the 31st of March 2023. Um, the, uh, that is conspicuous by its absence here. In fact, we've been quite bullish that we do not want, quotes, rationing, uh, unquotes, of energy supplies this winter that should consumers should continue uh, business as usual, and certainly with the aid of the support that they're going to get from the taxpayer, uh, that, that looks a lot easier than perhaps it would have done. And then the third point here is redistribute what they call redistributing the energy sector's surplus revenues to final customers. Uh, this is a pretty loaded set of, uh, of, of phrases, uh, talking about uh, basically a, a, an inframarginal revenue cap, so a maximum amount that certain types of technology could, could earn from the market, with the difference above uh, being taken by the states and used to recycle back to, to customers in whatever way the states uh, see fit. Um, we've, we've also had ideas of a cap on the gas price to generation, which has been applied in Spain and Portugal. Again, with the, with the consequence, I beg your pardon, of lowering the power price and, uh, and lowering the revenues achievable from the short-term market from, from non-fossil generators. So all of these are aimed at reducing the perceived windfalls that uh, non-fossil generators uh, may be making. So there's a lot of there's more political attention on the money being made by power generators than any time since 1997 
when, of course, we had a change of government uh, and we decided that the best way to stop the generators from making uh, too much money from consumers was by reforming the trading arrangements. Uh, as, as we've mentioned, we are, uh, we are a, you know, two years max uh, away from a, a general election and it's quite striking to see the, uh, the, the dividing lines that are being drawn up between the various political parties on what to do about not necessarily addressing the consumer need, there's, there's quite a degree of consensus that something should be done, but it's the, it's the who pays. Uh, uh, hopefully the, the quotes are big enough for you to read at the back, Gareth. No. Um, well, the, the most important one is the, is the Keir Starmer one, which I will read, this is just the start of it. This is the basic political divide the government wants to protect the excess profits of the oil and gas and energy groups. We want to protect working people. Miliband's quote is about, uh, is about why pot zero is a bad idea. Labour is very much uh, in favour of, uh, of a windfall tax. Uh, and, I th and I think uh, you, you can begin to see the, the dividing lines drawn pretty starkly. Uh, on whether or not such a tax is a good idea, or obviously the government uh, being against it, and then the whole attitude to how you treat the, the uh, energy sector uh, flowing through from that. And clearly, REMA is uh, the preferred solution of the, uh, of the, of the current government. Uh, it's got max two years in place. It's going to have to work very hard in those two years to work out proposals that still may not be taken forward, depending on how, how the election goes. So there, there is a considerable amount of uh, big P uh, political risk, uh, more so than the, the normal because of the timing of the electoral cycle. I think Kate, you showed that when we did NITA, uh, the new electricity trading arrangements from 97, and they were introduced just before the 2001 general election. And that was thought to be you know, doing a lot of work very quickly. So we've talked a lot about this being a very long-term project, even when we flesh out what we want. Actually, what we need then to do is to overlay the, the, you know, the electoral cycle into that and think about the extent to which you know, the party in charge might still be around uh, to deliver it. Uh, so other alternatives are available uh, uh, as, as we say, I think you know, in in the rounds, um, just to kind of sum up the, the points that I that I wanted to make. The the very high prices are, are a, ma a manifestation of, of a very insecure European energy market. That insecurity is going to be with us you know, for the rest of, of of the decade. It's it's not like what we've seen before. I think from a kind of business point of view, with a consumer point of view, we're not going to go back to the, to the bills that we saw uh, before 2020, 21, and this debate as to how many consumers need to be supported and for how long is, is one that's going to, uh, going, going to be with us for that period as well. I think the other, other, other things, the, the policy drive to net zero is being co-opted 
for indigenous production to improve energy security. You know, it, it, is, it is quite striking to see that the, uh, the positive words about renewables in an energy security context that, 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 are, that are coming forward uh, alongside uh, North Sea production and whatever we manage to do with, with shale gas. Um, so that, that again is, is something that we'll act to uh, support and emphasize the way we structure uh, our electricity trading arrangements in particular, I won't labour uh, the, the <coughs> political divide, but there is death, but, it, but you know, that, that, that uh, too much. But how we use those perceived producer windfalls is, is going to be a, a very big mainstream uh, political question, maybe one even of the defining issues of the, of the next general election. So that means, all, all in all, that what we thought might be a kind of technocratic change uh, like P272 um, has, has come front and centre of the, uh, of the political debate and is, is unlikely to go away. And therefore, in conclusion, that market reform itself will be shaped by the big picture political decisions, particularly just to give you, give you a couple, what we do or not with, pot, with a pot zero regime, whether we have a windfall tax and the extent to which we decide as a nation that the indigenous production of power as opposed to imports or a lack of exports is a, is a good thing or are good things. Um, so those are the thoughts I wanted to give you, hopefully a little bit of a wider context for, for where uh, RIMA is. Thank you.